such a silly name and everyone has to take it seriously now wait have we started recording yet i don't know have we i i'm not sure is okay, there anything wait, you're I... scared to say on the record uh oh god <laughs> is this where I, we find I took out an Gino edible like hates... 10 minutes ago <laughs> that'll that'll pay off this is this where i talk about how despite being cambodian i really don't like cambodian people what the fuck That's... oh this is the big bang theory theory <laughs> hi my name is nick and I'm Kyle. Oh my god. We have a guest. That in was... <laughs> we can fake out. We don't have to talk about how racist you are. <laughs> oh, okay. I'm not racist. But... Okay. No, that was okay. a fake out. We're going to double back. Maybe. <laughs> I don't know. We'll see. We'll see if we can pull out of this one, this tailspin. Okay. So, hard, hard landing. Hey, everyone. Uh, you're watching a show, or you're listening to a show that's actually about the TV show, The Big Bang Theory. And then we usually talk about. Uh, episodes of it, how it relates to nerds as they exist in real life and our own little, you know, pet peeves or whatever. But we have bigger issues to work on now. Juno, uh, guest of the episode, stand-up comedian, person from the Seattle area. What the fuck? Where do you get off? Well, Nick, as a transgender woman of color, you know, you don't I... get to pull that card every time. <laughs> Oh, really? You, the cis straight white guy, you're going to tell me that I can't pull this card? This is... That... Wow. Wow. So who's the racist now? I'm getting canceled. I'm, I'm getting canceled for questioning a, a trans person's ability to be racist. Yeah. Oh, well, okay. I want to I clarify for anyone who may be listening, I do not hate Cambodian people. I am Cambodian. But... Thank you. Uh, and the, we we had a lot of sponsors that I, I I just I could see them in my head just falling away. Oh, was this was this, is this podcast being sponsored by the Phnom Penh House in Long Beach? Yeah, no, not it's anymore. being sponsored by the Cambodian Touristry uh, Admin uh, Ministry, and we just lost like every dollar that we were going to get. Yeah, all the people that, who didn't understand the the satire and the Dead Kennedy song about Cambodia, we just lost that entire listener base. That's a, I'm so sorry that you lost four listeners in seventeen dollars. You know what? That that puts us at negative fifteen dollars. Is is what our income is now? Because two of those people, you know, they they were fools. They 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 were willing to pay up. But the other fifteen, well, well, I don't know if I'm doing the math right anymore. But I want to move on. Okay, but you still haven't explained yourself with this Cambodian shit. Wait, okay, is there a specific... I, I was, you made I an was assertion. Making, uh, you said you do not like Cambodian people. And then I was like, okay, I'm just going to try to move on through it. But I feel like just ignoring it altogether. Like, what? I explain yourself, Juno. I was making a terrible, terrible joke. Uh, I love Cambodian people. I am Cambodian. And to wit, I love my family. What was the joke? I don't know. I'm getting oh my very God. uncomfortable now. Oh, no. oh God. No, no, oh, God. I got it. I got it. The joke was that uh, the Golden Globes hates Asian actors. And Nick was like, Aquafina's name was funny. And then you were like, yeah, and I hate Cambodian people. It's it's the perfect one, two, three joke structure. I don't know. I don't know that we could have nailed it any more clearly. Well, it's, I, I'm glad that you're coming in with the, the joke structure because – it's that kind of knowledge that puts us above the common filth that watch the show that we we watch as an experiment for the purposes of this podcast. I so think I, I, 
I, I suppose I should jump in right now to let you know that I watched The Big Bang Theory before you invited me onto this podcast for like seven years. Well, that was going to be one of my questions is, is do you know, we did a, a quick little intro of you, but I have to ask my, my requisite guest questions, which uh, are one of, uh, one of which includes, hey, how much of this have you actually seen? Uh, also, uh, I want to ask Juno, do you consider yourself a nerd? Do I do I answer now, or are those questions that you're giving me a heads up? I just asked you that now. <laughs> this is real time. Okay, uh, so I remember the second question. I already forgot the first. I just asked you if you're a fucking nerd. <laughs> uh, yes, I would consider myself a nerd. I, I don't know if I'm... Uh, I'd consider myself a nerd because of any specific interests I have. More so just working off of like the traditional kind of dichotomy of if you're not cool, you must be a nerd, and I definitely don't think I'm cool. Okay, so we know that you're not cool for sure. We're just taking that as a given. Whoa, Ambiguous whoa, whoa, whoa. I said I don't think I'm cool. Okay, so well, my my feelings are real. I'm learning so much about myself. I'm not cool, definitively. Yeah, Nick doesn't usually come out of the gate swinging at the guest like this, Juno. I'm I'm sorry. I don't know what's going on. Here. I usually don't start an episode with somebody. Uh, Committing hate crimes, refusing to explain themselves, and then defining. No, usually their you're the one who commits all the hate crimes. I so. know, and so I really need to take advantage of it while I can to try to get some of the heat off of me. Okay, so nerdy because you're you not know, cool, but hmm? Nick, it would make me feel a lot more comfortable if you elaborated a little bit on why you don't like Cambodian people. Well, I know you, and that's not going great. Wow. <laughs> Jesus Christ. <laughs> can I can wait? Can I, can I tell a story? <laughs> I guess so. We can tell but, another one of your hilarious tales. For anyone listening, uh, Nick and I know each other because we were roommates in Helena, Montana, together. Hold up! Hold up! Hold up! Hold up! <clears throat> Juno's oversharing life stories. <laughs> oh, it's no. Juno's oversharing life stories. Juno, you don't know why I'm singing, but normally when Nick overshares, I sing this little song about how he overshares about his life called Nick's Oversharing Life Stories is the name of the segment, but you're the one telling the story, which makes it a slightly different pattern, and also it's Juno's Oversharing Life Stories. da na 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 That's me. I'm Juno. What's your story? <laughs> what what am I what uh, am I about to have to clench all the way through? I so Nick and I lived with each other as roommates in Helena, Montana. We met on um through a Craigslist ad that I posted and when he finally moved in, he went to dinner with a friend the first night that we lived together and the friend of his who he didn't tell me who it was said, "Hey Nick, you know, now that you're in Helena, where are you living? Did you find a place?" And Nick went oh, I'm living with this soft, young Asian person. And before he could even say my name, uh, the friend went, oh, you know Juno. This Wait, is correct. soft, young Asian? Is that the, is that the description? That, that is the actual description that Nick used to describe me when... Is that, uh, is that what you put on your personal ad when you were looking for someone to come live with you? Because that would explain why Nick applied so quickly, but... Not not at all. Though I will say, uh, when I showed Nick my driver's license photo, uh, the first thing he said was, it looks like you were just trafficked into the country. <laughs> oh, I don't remember that, but I'm happy with myself. <laughs> Jesus, Jesus. So we're off to a good start. Any, any other uh, random uh, sidetracking we want to do before I talk about the, the friggin' episode of the show? That we're I thought, all here to talk about. 
this entire podcast was just supposed to be random sidetracking. Oh, it mostly is. So don't worry. You're on the right track, which is to say you're not on the track, which means that you're right on the right track. Um, uh, this but, is really meta and Christopher Nolan. Yeah. Tenet, I bet. Mm. But let me let me summarize today's episode. So as we continue to just talk about random bullshit, we'll at least have some sort of, you know, basic foundation in, in the format of the show to, to, be, to go from. And so uh, today, Juno, you joined us for season four, episode 21 of this television show, officially titled The Agreement Dissection. What happens today, everybody? That's what I'm about to tell you. Check it out. Here we go. Boom. Cold open. Sheldon has to pee. Oh, my God. It's an emergency. He drank too much. What are you going to do? Oh, but Leonard's in the shower. Oh, that's uncomfortable. I guess you're just going to pee while Leonard's in there. But Leonard's like, oh, no, check it out. Uh, Priya's in here with me. We were totally having cool shower sex. And then Sheldon has to decide whether or not he's going to pee there still. He decides not to, which is foolish, because why not? Why not just do it? You have the upper hand. Uh, But he goes over to Penny's instead and bangs on her uh, roots to get in to pee. Uh, Boom, then the show actually starts. And uh, actually, this, I think, is a bigger issue uh, in the series than we've had in a long time. It's a much more important plot element to me than any of the stuff about Priya and Leonard and Penny and this awkward triangle that doesn't exist that they keep trying to create, which is that Priya lawyers Leonard out of the roommate agreement. Uh, She brings up some pretty uh, steadfast doctrines of the common law. And Sheldon can't stand up to him. He's like, oh, I guess I don't know how to have a case. This is terrible. And he goes back and and whines to Penny. And Penny's like, oh, guess what? Uh, I don't know if I can help you with that or whatever. But we're having a girls' night. You can come if you like. And I'll just note that uh, Penny is in a dress and is looking good. It's tight. Dress, I'm going to tell you. Usually it's Kyle who's like, oh, I'm not ashamed to say how horny Penny looking made me. But this time I'm going to be the guy to take the heat and be like, Penny's looking good. So anyway, they go out for a girls' night out. It's it's all the three lady characters. Yeah, three lady characters plus Sheldon. And they all want to shit talk about Priya. And that goes fine and is fine. And Bernadette's adorable. Uh, Amy gets kind of drunk and horny and, and, and wants to smooch on Sheldon. And that is also adorable. Uh, and Sheldon uh, admits that he has never kissed a lady in his whole life, which uh, I, the ages are usually not totally clear in the show. But he is about 30. So uh, that's that's a long stretch. Uh, there's implied dancing uh, initially. They go to Koreatown for real dancing. They dance. It's fun. An old lady, gra- an old man grabs Penny's butt. Uh, everyone goes home, and then the show wraps up with uh, Amy actually giving Sheldon a smooch, and then barfing, and then uh, Sheldon also brings a new agreement back to Leonard for for a roommate agreement, and blackmails him into signing it uh, by threatening to reveal that uh, Leonard, to his Priya's parents, that Leonard and Priya are in a relationship, which is another big blow-up thing that hasn't really come up that is dressed incredibly briefly at the end of the episode does actually set up some tension for the episode to come so i don't know like that's the episode and i'm just gonna tell you right now i didn't think it was that bad like um i i think something we complain a lot about in in the show is the lack of stakes and the lack of like a meaningful through line to any of the seasons and so there's this, been this real kind of weak milk toast attempt at uh, pushing the relationship drama to the front, and it's going nowhere. But the roommate drama, I actually, I was into. So, uh, hey, 
any big plot points I did not cover that either of you think we need to to include before we start talking about this dang here episode? Nope, I, I think you nailed the plot. I I disagree. I think that Nick really missed out on a major a major element of the episode that I think. I mean, that uh, wouldn't be that unusual. Please enlighten okay, us. Okay, that's fair. Well, okay, you didn't even spend a second talking about how they had Greek food on pizza night. That's true. I have a couple of notes on it, but it didn't... Well, do you want to get into that? I mean, I really think that the next 40 minutes should be focused almost exclusively on that and how Sheldon doesn't even want to give Greek food the benefit of a second bite. Well, I mean, we can do that if you're willing to commit to the bit. If you want to make this 40 minutes about uh, Sheldon eating lamb kebab, we can do that. Are you ready to do that? Not Are you ready for all. that? Oh, all right. No. Well, we're backing up. But yeah, um... No, that's that is a big. That's something that I found upsetting, honestly. Uh, so, as someone who is not a fan of the show, but believes that the show has created in me certain expectations, that when they're all eating Greek food and Sheldon's like, "But it's pizza night," it everyone else is happy. Everyone else acknowledges that the roommate agreement was ridiculous, and that it's fine that it no longer applies, and it's fine to have Greek food when it's normally pizza night. But I was 100% on Sheldon's side. I was like, I know you're in the wrong. I know you don't have a leg to stand on. But it's pizza night. God damn it. This isn't right. What has the show become? And so um, that's how I felt about that scene. I also thought it was telling that uh, it's not even clear as as uh, Sheldon says to Leonard, you don't even like Greek food. And Greek food's and Leonard, Leonard's like, I like it more than you. So it's a right. very, it's, it's a very <laughs> not- fucked up response. That the only pleasure that Leonard gets out of Greek food is knowing that Sheldon's going to hate it more than he does? Yes. Yeah. Yeah, that's fair. That that was really the motivation behind a lot of meals that I had with Nick when we lived together in Montana. Yeah, do you want to give an example? No, not at all. I actually can't <laughs> think of one. I was making that up. You you caught me. Uh, I started son to of say, a gun. I've never, I've never known nickel shovel just about anything into his mouth is my experience. If you want it first, just give him a couple shots of tequila and then he definitely will. I mean, I will eat almost anything, but that doesn't mean I won't complain while I'm doing it. Like, there are plenty of things that I'm not crazy about. Or, you know what I did this week? I uh, or I guess last weekend, I made a big batch of brownies, and it was a double batch because it was going to be one batch just for me to be a fat person, and then the other batch was going to be split up to, to give to someone that was going through surgery stuff. But I underbaked the brownies. And so the first batch instead was devoted to me confirming whether or not the brownies were fit for consumption for somebody else. And I can I determined that they weren't only after consuming the entire first batch myself. The second batch, now that I've confirmed, I, uh, weren't... Nick, huh? I, I think that makes you a really good friend, that you were really willing to commit to eating an entire batch of brownies to confirm whether or not the second batch would be okay to share. Thank you! See, I tend to beat myself friend. up, but I feel like I was doing the right thing. And then once I determined that they weren't fit to give to anybody else... Then I had no choice but to dispose of the second batch on my own. Uh, and that's where I've been the last couple of days is just shoving more half-baked brownie batter into my face. Anyway. Last last week, I uh, Monday was my birthday. And on Sunday night, I thought I'm going to make myself a special dinner to ride into my birthday. Uh, except I had had Burger King for lunch. So my dinner was leftover Burger King. But I thought... This is not special enough. I really, I want to make something kind of unique. And so I deep fried two egg rolls and I had um, a cheeseburger, leftover fries, nuggets, and an egg roll for dinner. 
which I don't know if is as bad as eating a batch of underbaked brownies, but I definitely feel like it's eclectic enough to be kind of gross. I feel like you should have put at least one of the egg rolls on the burger, though. I mean, it's fine that you didn't. That's how I would have gone for. I, so. I did dip a fry in fish sauce. Whoa, now we're getting crazy. All right, this is we're getting too far afield. We need to get back to this, this goddamn television show. Oh, fine. Yeah. Are we going to talk about how this episode follows the classic plot of a hero's journey structure? Obviously, yes. Please do elaborate. Well, I thought it was perfect. I mean, I thought the real strength of the episode is the fact that how Sheldon is basically, you know, if you think about the the fundamental plot, Sheldon starts out in his home territory. Trouble is brewing because of an outsider or an interloper. So he essentially goes on what is, for all intents and purposes, a quest. He goes on a Bildungsstroman. He goes wandering like, you know— Frodo or Bilbo, he he goes and he, he even he passes into the threshold and he he meets like the I mean there's three ladies who give him a bunch who you know you know lure him into a den of weirdness and debauchery and get him really drunk and then one of them like you know takes him takes him to another weird smoke filled place and imparts mystic wisdom on him and then finally it comes full circle he comes back to his home again having learned the lessons he needs to restore power and order to the universe he's basically luke skywalker i thought this was all we were going to talk about this episode and somehow we ended up talking about food which is fine but i mean maybe that's why i found myself siding with sheldon in spite of not feeling like he was correct is because he was nonetheless clearly the protagonist and sir juno what were you gonna say Oh, I, I, you know, no, no, go for it. No. I, uh, I was going to say I agree with Kyle, but the time for that bit has, has long since passed over the last 15 seconds. All right, cool. I mean, Kyle's not, right not... about everything. As we, as, as you, I, just so long as we're clear on that, everything's good. No better way to kill a bit than to acknowledge that the bit existed, refuse to participate, and then to declare that it's dead. <laughs> it's basically the equivalent of a comedian bombing and going, wow, I'm really bombing to get a laugh. Uh... I'm deadly serious. <laughs> I, a couple of things that were interesting about this. He spends, like, Sheldon spends his time with a different group of people than he normally spends the episodes interacting with. You know, it's basically, a, we get to see what the girls have been up to all this. Like, there's been this whole, it's not really a subplot because the show doesn't have this subplot. But there's been this whole, like, if the show were going to have arcs, it would have made an arc out of how, like, Amy is becoming one of the girls and they're off doing their own stuff, but we never get to see it. And now they're all like super chummy and like drinking and having hijinks. And we get to see that from Sheldon's perspective, which is kind of cool. Amy flirtatiously, but in a friendly way, gives Penny a smooch right on the lips and Penny laughs and brushes it off because that's how fucking close they are now. And to see that develop would have been pretty cool. I'm happy (laughs) that it's happening at all, but yeah, you're right. It's, uh, Sheldon is is seeing something that has been apparently a burbling this entire time and and not actually being presented to the audience. <laughs> so you you guys are gonna have to catch me up because it has been years since I watched The Big Bang Theory. But when Amy like is initially introduced, she's kind of uh, presented as like a female Sheldon immediately, yes. right? Like exactly. So, but but they don't immediately start dating, like or even pseudo dating. No. 
No, they're, I think they are immediately, like, pseudo-dating. Like, that's actually, I think that's part of what was going on in this episode that was interesting, is it basically lampshades the fact that they've completely rewritten uh, Amy's character without, like, having any particular plot just, like, it's not like there was an episode where she almost got hit by a bus and was like, what am I doing with my life? I need to be more laid back and, and you know drink a little more, live a little more, make out a little more with girls. It was just like when she was first introduced, she was like, well, Sheldon needs a woman to hang out with. Let's literally have a woman who is saying the exact same sort of lines that we normally make Sheldon say, only it's a girl now. And that was awful. Her character just did not work on that level most of the time. But they just kept – at some point they were like, okay, well, this is – this." I I assume the writer's room was like, well – we're dying here, but we already sprung a bunch of money to have Mial and Bialik on uh, contract. We got to figure out something else to do with this character. <laughs> so they started doing this thing where she mostly just hung out with like Amy and uh, Penny and like was like trying. It was like, watch the nerdy girl who's super awkward try to be one of the girls. And so this episode was interesting because they finally brought Sheldon back into that orbit. And he literally says, what happened to you? Which is sort of like the, yeah. the the lampshade of the fact that they'd completely changed what her character is about without acknowledging that they had – without like really caring that they'd done that, which is fine. I mean that's as much lampshading as you need probably. So, okay, that 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 is good context for me to have because I don't remember like what her character looked like immediately before this episode, but I do remember her character when she was first introduced and – it is really sweet, if anything, like in a, in a really earnest way that she's so quickly become part of this core group of friends with Penny and um, what's Bernadette, Bernadette. And she's like genuinely super comfortable and tight with them and isn't like the awkward one out. Yeah, her relationship with those two has developed much more naturally and been much more interesting than anything that the main group of male nerds have going on. <laughs> Yeah, I guess what I thought, my main thought watching this episode, which is why I brought up the Luke Skywalker, is basically, like, it it feels so much like the character from one un- like one show or one universe entering another more fun universe that usually I associate that with, like, watching a movie. Like, you know, usually, usually when, like, nerdy person goes out and ends up going on having a bunch of hijinks that changes view of the world, that's, like, you know, the plot of, like, a... A, a late 80s early 90s like you know raunchy teen romp you know right down to wait, the so, questionable portrayal of asians but um, so wait if 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 sheldon is luke skywalker does that mean that in season five he discovers that um amy is actually his sister i would that really surprise anyone on the show that might be the logical uh conclusion to this whole whole, whole thing yeah. nick and i have been pushing this this uh ship which obviously doesn't ever happen where uh, the true the true soulmates are Sheldon and Penny. And so if Sheldon found out that Amy was his sister and that would just set up set up all the pins for uh, Peldon, Shenny to just knock it down. And what, what Wait, if... okay. So the the two of you like have no additional context for how the series goes, right? Like Not you're really. you're watching I this mean, through for cultural, the first time ever. Cultural osmosis, but this is the first time I've seen just about any of this. Okay. I I do know how the show ends because after years of not watching it, I was like, yeah, you know, I spent seven years doing it. I'll spend 10 minutes watching the ending scene. And so I want to make sure that I'm not spoiling anything for the podcast. You totally well, would, you would be. be. Yeah. All right. Well, then I'm not going to say anything. Perfect. That's cool. 
ideal Leave guest. It ominous. Um, <laughs> hey, how fun do you think it was to be that extra who got to touch Kaylee Coco's butt? Do you think that? Do you think that like he knew that before he so- showed up on set that day, or do you think they just told him that like like right as he walked into the scene? Because I, I feel like that would be the most stressful thing to do as an extra. And because I, I don't think he was told ahead of time. It was kind of like, oh, hey, we're looking for a dance hall scene. We're looking for uh, elderly Asian people. Uh, it'll it'll be funny once you actually get on scene and see what's going on. And so he gets there, and then the oh my god, I'm it's this is the Big Bang Theory episode. I'm really excited to be a part of this. the crew's here. I have to what? I ha- I have to touch her where? Oh god! And then they make him sign. The contract. And then they put up all these images uh, up on a projector, uh, giving the rough outline of Kaylee Cuoco's butt. And it has all of these dotted lines going through it about where his fingers must be on her butt. (laughs) And then if his fingers at any point go outside of the dotted lines, not only is he not getting paid, but he will pay himself. Yeah, they bring out a guy whose name is like Bruno, who's like seven feet tall and has abnormally uh abnormally large knuckles and they're just like you don't want to have to spend 30 minutes in the back room with bruno do you well yeah (laughs) if you want to know what the bottom half of her butt feels like you're gonna have to figure out what my enlarged (laughs) pituitary gland has done to me that's gonna make it hurt you what were you gonna say juno i'm sorry i was just gonna ask do you think bruno is also making 17 million dollars an episode (laughs) was he has he just been with the show for its entire run and Real, like you know, they could probably yeah. replace him, <laughs> but then they decided, no, it's Bruno. Everyone no, that yeah. loves Bruno. No, his job is to keep the writers from like escaping the cage that they're trapped in because they really only want they like they nobody is deliberate. Nobody ever plans to be on the Big Bang Theory yeah. for like more than an episode. They agreed to write an episode as a joke, and then when they got there, wait, why does this door lock from the outside? No, please, you gotta, please, we don't want to write the show anymore. It was a joke we please let us go i actually read online that that's one of the reasons why uh penny and sheldon and leonard never move out of the building is because they were literally locked on set together and that was actually where they lived and so it was easier for the production studio to keep all the actors locked um in the the studio if the apartments were in the same building in the show i'm i'm stuck on i'm stuck on how bruno got his job like how how we found out about it and what I want he, to think it is. Oh, oh, I I was just gonna say he's cousins with um with uh, one of the showrunners. Okay, with I was Chuck hoping. Lurie. What were you gonna say? I was hoping he responded to a Craigslist ad looking for a celebrity ass enforcer that asked for both <laughs> references and a resume. And I, you know, that's another thing. So like, I'm back in Montana now, but when we started the show, I was I was in L.A. where, where Kyle is now and. It's where the cool kids hang out. Where the cool kids hang out. And everyone, when I moved to L.A., was like, oh, my oh, – and, you know, when I came back to visit Montana, be like, oh, my God, that must be such a culture shock for you, like, to live your whole life in, like, a, a small mountain town and then to move to, like, this big city. And I was like, no, not really, not at all, which is mostly true. But then I'm remembering the Craigslist experience being very different. And I was like, oh, boy, they're – are a whole lot more advertisements that are clearly trying to draw people willingly or, I mean, knowingly or not, into the adult entertainment industry. And I feel like Celebrity Ass Enforcer is like a legit title that I would have seen on an advertisement. Um, And I'm sad that I no longer live in that environment. I thought you were going to talk about all the rent-free Craigslist ads. You ever see those? 
are 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 these asking for professional girlfriends? Yeah, they're just like, hey, want to live somewhere rent free? Just read a couple of things. Don't worry about the fine print, but you can definitely live with me <laughs> rent free. I I think this is a, something I've mentioned on the podcast before, but I remember being on a OK Cupid when I when I first moved to L.A. And clicking yes, around, this is, you mentioned this like every single episode, but do it again. Please. I will, I will do it again for judo. But, but yeah, the match I found, who was like, yes, I am a, I am an adult actress, I am in the industry. No, I don't want to talk about it. Here are links to all of my work. <sighs> the one Wait, that got so away. <laughs> was she, was she looking for dates, or was she using the platform as, um, like a blitz to raise her profile and? Who can say? Why not? Why not both? You know, she's a well, modern woman. She's got to get her. You know, she's got to make that money. She's got no to judgment. No, no, I, I respect. It. I just want to know if Nick tried to go on a date with her, or if uh, if it was just a nope. I'm just here to advertise. See, I I made the the most foolish mistake, which is to make the decision myself that she wouldn't be interested in me when I really should have messaged first and then let her make that decision. Uh, instead, I I just clicked some links, uh, masturbated furiously, and then thought about what if any feedback I would provide were we to go on a date. So now you'll never be able to share it. To share the it's... feedback? Yeah, to share the feedback. Well, not with her. <laughs> I'll tell you both right now. Four out of five. Anyway. <laughs> Interesting that you went four out of five and not eight out of ten. I got, no, more well, no, I, I got no more. Because I reduced my fractions, you fucking I, joke. I, know, I was just. I saying, got no argument about this the efficient. other day. I was trying to pay someone a compliment, and I was like four out of four, and they were like four out of four. What kind of psychopath are you? Yeah, well, you're the kind of psychopath that just tried to give you a perfect score. You yeah. shit eater. I started to say it's good enough for Michelin. Michelin does uh, the most you can get is three stars. Now, now who it's is one, the fool? It's one wow. better than Michelin. Can we can can we just talk about the tension in the room? No, over all of that. I would really <laughs> prefer always, to do that. There, oh god, there's always tension in the room. God damn it! All right, fine. Let's stew in this. Fine. Thank you, outside observer Juno, what? for Hold shining on, a bright light onto our dissolving relationship. Well, let's do let's let's do it in a healthy way. Do the two of you have a podcast co-host contract that we can read through? <laughs> Not in writing. I think we have. Well, the, how the how the fuck are the two of you doing a podcast together? Oral it's, contracts you, are real. Why you would you live with someone without having a roommate <laughs> contract in place? I've done that many times. Yeah, I Wait. know. I know. <laughs> Oral contract. Oh, for fuck's sake! <laughs> All right. Uh, I, speaking speaking of uh, so returning to the show. This is the first time we've actually seen the inside of Amy's apartment, and there's no real interesting things about that except for the smoking monkey, which – did we mention the smoking monkey? You made a or, reference to it, but that was it. There was a monkey that was smoking in her apartment. But anyway, this Who is the first time we've – menthols? Yeah. This is the first time we've seen Amy's apartment, and that's actually a big – like my thought was, oh, they're really committed to keeping her on the show now because <laughs> they they spent the money to show – like – you know, in setting up interiors, that's expensive. They're going to use this. They had to like make sure: are we going to use this set a lot? Are we going to set a lot of episodes or a lot of scenes on the interior of Amy's apartment? Because there's no way they would have agreed to build that set if they weren't like pretty committed to like having more scenes inside Amy's place, which I is just uh, 
that's how much the show has broken me, I guess, is the more meta comment. That, like, instead of being like, oh, here's an interesting scene, I was like, oh, here's here's one yeah. of – here's, yeah, like, one new keeper. interior. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's they've, – they've added the, – uh, they've gone from three rooms to four for their normal recording. And it looks like well, they've really cooked me in this time. Kyle, I have a question for you. Okay. Okay, so uh, – I may have an answer. As part of the ladies' night out, uh, you know, I mentioned they – we, they, they, they do go to uh, some old dance hall, and people seem surprised that Sheldon is interested at all in dancing. He says, oh. Oh, is this about Cotillion? This is about Cotillion. And I was going to ask if you have any experience yourself as a, as a southern sort of person with Cotillion. No, I don't, I don't think that's a... It's not that that's, it's not that Sheldon is wrong about that being a real thing, but I don't think that's a real thing anymore. Like it was like they, it's like Sheldon is from like some magical version of Texas that's like even more in the past than average Texas. Also that has more like, so I don't want to burst anyone's bubble. I do think that Cotillion and like the, the teaching their kids how to dance thing used to be done, but you know. That's way too like cultured and classy for like the South now. Are you so, kidding? This is old fashioned enough that it would be comparable to a wicker man sort of experience where if you were to go to a small town and they were having cotillion, you'd be like, Oh shit, I have definitely gone through some sort of uh time portal. Well, not not that this happened the wicker man, they didn't have a time portal, but you know, it's you're part of a, an ancient ritual and it's probably not going to go well for you yeah, i started to say it's the south we don't use wicker men what kind of barbarians do you think we are we draw lots out of the lottery and the loser we stone them to death okay that sounds right As someone who just bought three wicker baskets from target i'm deeply offended I'd, I'd like to be stoned to death. <laughs> Anything else about the episode we want to talk about? I think we're getting close to our nerdy, <laughs> our nerdy thing time. I guess it does conflict with uh, Sheldon's character, the Cotillion thing, because it's like, I thought like part of the joke was he, he wasn't, I mean, it's weird because Penny's white trash, like that's a running joke for her character. Right. Sheldon also is like white trash, but a slightly different blend of white trash. Like it's like, there's a class divide there. It's like, he came from a slightly more affluent, like trashy, uncultured people than Penny did. Do you think cause, because of the Cotillion, is that only something that the upper crust would do? That that was my thought. It was like this sounds like something that if it still existed would be only be something like middle to upper class. You know, I'll, I'll just I'll throw this do. out there. There's an entire series dedicated to Sheldon's upbringing, and yeah. one day when young Sheldon is old enough to be teenage Sheldon, I think we'll find out about Cotillion. Yeah, because I'm sure there's a tight continuity yeah. between the Big Bang Theory and young Sheldon. And it's yeah, I mean weird. the the show's produced by Kevin Figg. And there's going to oh. be a teenage romance, and everyone's going to be like, well, I've already watched the entire Big Bang Theory series, so I know that Sheldon, until he was at least 30, didn't kiss a single person uh, outside of his, his three closest female relatives. Yeah, it's so, going to be really awkward when you find out that that kiss with his sister had a lot of tongue. Oh, well, I mean, I was going to say that just because, you know, he wasn't doing any smooching doesn't mean he wasn't doing a whole lot of hardcore finger blasting, you know? Like... That was his move when he was going around the schools. Like his mouth stayed silent, but you could hear his knuckles wrapping across the lockers when he's cranking up Morse code about whoever it was that he had his last expedi- uh, escapade with. 
I just I'm looking for the scene where they're like, so we never gave you. You're just Sheldon on all the paper paperwork, and he looks at the window that has all the birds, like you know, all the chickens, you know, hemmed in together, and he's like Sheldon, Sheldon Cooper. And then we cut to credits. That's the series finale of Young Sheldon. I think it is almost certainly time to move on to our nerdy things. <laughs> Wait, other... do you think what if what if Young Sheldon ends exactly when Sheldon starts living with Leonard, and then we get a de-aged actor that played Johnny Galecki? We get a a digitally de-aged Johnny Galecki showing up, like how a lot of Marvel movies end. Yeah, <laughs> I'm here. Like it's a post-credit scene. So you're the guy they call Young Sheldon. <laughs> I do. I have an opportunity for you. That how sounds you, really uh, wizard. How do you think of mid twenty Sheldon? <laughs> I would like it. I like. I like the idea of uh, Samuel Jackson being the one who introduces. If we were better at improv, we could play this scene out. But we're terrible at improv. Okay, just, here we go. Describe the you're scene. You're so bad. At- Hi, my name is Samuel L. Jackson. I would like to buy a bagel. That was a really good impersonation. That was... I would give that a four out of four. You're not fucking playing off of my energy right now. (laughs) Yes, and! God damn it! I'm sorry. Okay. I I changed my score. It's a three out of three. Motherfucker, I want a bagel! (laughs) Hi, I was here to look for an apartment to rent. Motherfucker, why will no one answer my motherfucking fucking bagel question? Motherfuck! Oh, yeah, you answered the ad. Um, great news, the elevator uh, works great. That's great! Can the elevator get me some goddamn cream cheese? Motherfuck! I mean, if you have cream cheese in a fridge in the building to which you have this. a key to an apartment, yeah, yeah, the building happening. does have cream cheese. I hate that I tried to push this. I hate that I knew <laughs> that this is how it would be received. <laughs> I am now by executive action. I am moving us towards our nerd thing. Of this the week. is this is the most LA thing experience that I think we've had together. Which is, I'm trying to have a conversation, a normal conversation, <laughs> yeah. and there's a crazy man screaming in the background, just screaming, oh. "Fuck at the heavens!" Okay, I I didn't know you were talking about the the mental health street angle. I thought you were talking about the frustration of talking to any number of people in L.A. and halfway through trying to decide whether or not you're part of an improv scene. Well, that definitely happens as well. Oh, all right. Okay, let's let's do this. Let's, you know, we had some fun. All right, and now we're about to have some more. What a good show we put on, Juno. It's time we we make our nerdy recommendations for the week and. As the oh, guest, cool. you get to decide whether you want to go first, second, or third. Third. Okay, Kyle, you or me? Who's it going to be? I've been watching WandaVision. It was pretty good. The end. Fuck, I wish I had gone first. Uh, yeah, ha, that's why you always got to... Ha, stole it. Well, I think Kyle, I didn't... Didn't Chris already recommend WandaVision? Are you, are you doing what I do with your friend and forgetting that we've done the thing, or are you just doubling down on his... Did Chris recommend WandaVision? I thought he did. Man, I gotta go back and listen to our old episodes. All right, so two out of three WandaVisions. Guess what? I've been playing ukulele, too. Are we just done? Is this what we do with this segment now? We no longer give little bits about how much we love the things we actually uh, enjoy as nerds, and instead just everyone everyone watches WandaVision? 
I watch. I also finished Twin Peaks season three, which I do not understand why. Uh, actually, I guess it wasn't poorly received. Wait, and that's Twin... that's the new new shit, right? Yeah, it's pretty good. Also, Firewalk with me is fine. I don't know why people gave it such a hard time. I mean, I guess if you wanted like a definitive ending to the series that would have explained any of the questions, that would have made it rough. But if you accepted in advance that it wasn't going to be that, Firewalk with me is great. All right. Awful haunting metaphor for like generational sexual abuse, but you know, uh, an effective one, certainly. Well, I'll need to watch Firewalk with me because that's one where I've heard my whole life that it was just terrible and that everyone who was interested in Twin Peaks hated it and it was this abomination. But yeah, I've never known real... why. I have a feeling it, you know, it was funny because, uh, it's like now that I like it, I feel like I'm a real Twin Peaks fan and all of the posers just didn't get it. But uh, even though I've only been into Twin Peaks for like a year. But, uh, you know, the best part about it is when David Bowie shows up for like like one minute of the movie and has the worst accent I have ever heard. Like he's doing his like American like his like uh, what like his music video dancing in the streets. You know, he's not singing. He's talking. But it's like, Wait, why is uh- on on a scale of one to Nick doing a Samuel L. Jackson impersonation, how bad is the impersonation? I mean, it's just it's David Bowie, but he's not being British, and it's like, why, why is why couldn't you like? And if you had to have an American accent, why would you go with like like this weird South Texas person thing that you're doing, David Bowie? This sounds like, excellent. <laughs> yeah, you know, he's also saying nonsense, but you know it's a David Lynch movie, so you can't really fault him for that. Yeah. Okay, so we've got another a hard oh, Twin my Peaks other, recommendation. My other oh, favorite, oh. the uh, the only other thing I was going to say is I admire. You know, we were talking about continuity, but you got you got to give uh, David Lynch just like no man has more giant balls because he really does. Season three picks up where that movie left off, and if you hadn't seen the movie, the fact that you had seen the first two seasons of Twin Peaks would actually not help you that much following what's going on. The Season three requires you to have seen this incredibly obscure movie that everyone hated, and it is more essential to the plot of season three than either seasons one or two. I admire that a lot, too. I'm glad you let me know that. (laughs) This has been good for me. (laughs) All right. So hard recommend for uh, Twin Peaks season three and or Firewalk with me. I myself have been playing way too many video games still. It's my decompression mechanism that I rely on far too heavily, but uh, I've played a, a number of relatively new video games lately. I, I played uh, Mario uh, Bowser's Fury, which isn't my recommendation because it's too short and it costs $60. It is essentially DLC and it is fantastic DLC. You absolutely should play it. I just don't know if you should pay $60 for it. Uh, I also started playing persona strikers why are you trying to take money out of papa miyamoto's pocket nick hey okay if you've never oh actually you know what i'm glad that juno is on the show because uh i was gonna say if you've never played mario 3d land it might be worth the 60 dollar price tag because that is a very good game that came out on the wii u uh that nobody played because nobody had a wii u except for me and when I got a Wii U, part of my purchasing analysis was, I have a roommate. I live with this person, Juno. I wonder if she would want to play video games with me. And we played some Mario 3D Land. 
and I quickly realized that my decision was terrible when I'd, I'd be the screen would not scroll and I'd look over and see Juno <laughs> mid game checking her phone and I would want to strangle her. But, you know, apparently we had this unspoken roommate agreement where I couldn't do that. And so I guess if you didn't have that experience, then $60 is worth it. Well, yeah, but you, you can't know things for certain when you buy the video game. You just, you have to take a leap of faith and trust. Uh, though, in, in, in that case, I, Definitely was not there to trust Cachio, um, and I, I violated that trust. Yeah, you violated sorry. the oral contract. That's that's why you have to have written contracts, and sure. I feel like that's on Nick because he's a lawyer. Oh, that was fuck. I remember. So I'm so sorry that we moved on. But can I just really? No, we have hard and fast rules. Wait, Kyle, were you gonna ask Nick like what his perspective was, given that he has law training? No, no, no. I was just going to ask – I was just going to point out how great is it that this episode ends with a nerd using his Star Trek knowledge to humiliate an accomplished female immigrant? <laughs> I mean, to I mean, be – literally the line is, oh, yeah, sure, you went to Cambridge, but I am an honorary graduate of Starfleet, which I'd is rather, just like know, the yeah. ultimate power fantasy, I feel like, for a certain segment of the audience. I'd you rather his rage that have been way. directed at a Cambodian, if I'm being honest with you. But wow, sorry, sorry. I'm, I'm I'm glad that we're having this conversation now, Nick, and that we are a thousand miles apart. Because otherwise, I would break down crying in front of you, which I can still do now. But it's a little less embarrassing if we're not in the same room together. Did you not read the disclaimer on the leak I sent you that you were walking straight into a free speech zone? No. No censorship no, on these opinions. No consequences oh, no. for me either. No, but this I impersonation really... you do a little too well. Yeah, he does that. You should hear him talk about Neil deGrasse Tyson. Um, well, I mean. Or George Takei, which I guess is the more appropriate uh... comparison now. No, but I really think it's a little screwed up how, how like f- much fun the show has demonizing Priya. Um, but, you know, that's neither here nor there. Juno, wait, okay, actually, can, can, can we, wait, wait, hold on, wait, I, I don't have enough context, but why don't they like Priya? Because Priya seems really cool. Yeah, I mean, except at the end when she's like, hey, I'm not going to tell my parents uh, that we're together, I'm going to force you into this absurd legal arrangement because I want to save some face with my parents because I'm ashamed to be dating you. But apart from that, like, she seems pretty cool. Well, the only, so Priya is like 95% fine. And then every episode, for the last few episodes, they'll have, like, one little hint at something deeper, darker going on. And, you know, in this episode, it's apparently she is uh, not able to tell her parents about their relationship with Leonard. And then an episode or two before this, you know, she was trying to make changes to Leonard's wardrobe or something like that. You know, just, like, little things like that where it's like, yeah, she's totally fine. And then... She has asked her partner to consider these one or two changes, uh, but apparently it is so important that people or maybe nerds specifically stay forever so set in their ways that they, they never be open to change that that suggestion alone makes Priya the devil. <laughs> 
but yeah, it's they they are trying to play her up as a villain, but I mean, she's not. She's unless something really terrible happens in the next few episodes. It's well, and even but my point is, even if something really terrible terrible happens in the episodes, it's how they wrote her. It's not like she's a real person. It's like they set out to create this image of like an educated, you know, complex, you know, multifaceted character who is not just like a female counterpart to one of the nerdy guys, but actually like her own thing. And then they have, they are systemically slowly implying that she is, she is like some horrible person over time. And, she, and it makes me uncomfortable. Raj's, she's Raj's sister too, right? Yes. Right. Yeah. That's not, that's not great, Kyle. I'm yeah. not a huge fan of that. I mean, I haven't watched the last like 12 episodes and I definitely won't watch the next 12, by which time I'm assuming Priya won't be in the show anymore. But yeah, that's, that's not a great look for the Big Bang Theory, is it? It's unsurprising. But it is not great. Anyway, what's your fun recommendation of the week? Oh, Better not be oh, fucking no. WandaVision, because that's been taken twice, apparently. Well, can I recommend a specific episode of WandaVision? Oh, Christ. Yeah, sure. I'm not, I'm, I'm not going to do that. Uh, no, do no, it. no, absolutely do. The Well, the thing... Okay, uh, I guess I'll have two recommendations then. The first is the last episode of WandaVision, which is so good. It's really, really great. Uh, and definitely recommend watching it and exceeded all of my expectations for what I thought a Marvel Cinematic Universe TV show could do. Because I really thought WandaVision was just there to be a money grab, but it's actually like weaving back into the fabric of the MCU really, really well. Um, But the other recommendation I have is um, one thing that I've been doing recently to like hang out with friends is playing video games online, and I've not been scrolling through my phone when I'm playing them. Uh, and specifically, well, I've been playing you recognize a game the called... people that you're playing with are worthy, unlike your last video game partner. Oh, oh Nick. well, Nick, I, I'll I'll get tacos with you anytime. Yeah, <laughs> terrible Minnesota tacos. No, I I would get, as Nick knows, I would get tacos in two different locations in L.A. on the same day within an hour of each other. This is true. Take an Uber from one taco place to another taco place. It was great. But what we are you recommending? Fancy taco place. The other get the other thing I'm recommending is getting tacos with Nick. But also um, a video game called Apex Legends, which I think is free to download and is cross platform and has been a lot of fun to play uh, with friends. What is that game? I should know. I'm a hardcore elite gamer, but I don't know what the fuck it's, it is. It's like Fortnite, but with better graphics. At least that's how a friend described it to me. Well, yeah, Fortnite, that thing we bef- we definitely actually understand. Yeah, I feel I feel too old to play Fortnite. I feel like that's a game for like the, the cool Gen Z kids who are living post post irony, and I I look at it and I don't understand why there are so many colors. <laughs> but I'm very proud to say that when Fortnite was in full swing, um, I think. I got I had gotten excited to find out that there is a version of Tetris available on PlayStation that I could buy for forty dollars, and I bought that instead. So your ultimate recommendation is Tetris Effect. Yeah. Oh, you know the game. Yes. It's a great game. I told Maybe you. I'll play it I'm tonight. an elite gamer. All right. All right. Uh, yeah. You're also really uppity as a gamer. God damn it! It's true. Yes. All right. Well, we should start wrapping up. How to. How do we wrap up? Do we, we play? Does Kyle sing us out at the end of the episode? He does every time. Kyle, please sing your your standard closing of episode theme song. 
Wait, does this mean that I the episode's know, ending now? I know I've Sorry. let you down. I've been a fool to oh, myself. No. I thought that I could Unless live for no him, one I've, else. I've never been able to but figure now, it out. Through Kyle? all the hurt and pain, it's Kyle. time for me to reflect. The That's ones who love me more than anything. And so with sadness in my heart, well, it seems you, the best thing I can do. Thank you, Juno, for guesting. All and thank you, Kyle, for being forever. here. It is, it's been What's fun done being is here. done. It feels so bad. Else out there listening, Who once was happy, now is sad. I'll never we'll love again. My world is right. ending. Bye, everyone. Bye.